We're learning Daf Yud. We're starting the fourth parak here. And we're starting from the bottom of Tess Amit Beis. About six lines up in the bottom where the Mishnah now says, Atruma mehayu asvin ba. The Gemara turns to the Truma. And the Gemara wants to know what did we use with it. The Truma is after all the coins were collected when they would actually withdraw. Remember, they would withdraw. And then after they would draw, there would be some that would remain uh, from the collection. But what would they do with the truma? With all the money that was taken, what would they do with it? With the withdrawal? So the answer is, and they would buy carbonos, the tamidim, musaf, and the ones that are added on, on the yom tovim, v'nizkeim, and the nisachim. Omer, the carbon omer, the two loaves that come on Shavuos, the loaves of Muhammad that are eaten, the lechem apanim, the lechem apanim brought each and every Shabbos, the whole carbonos at and all carbonos at And that's the basic rule here. The basic rule is that this is the main purpose of the Shkalim, is that with the withdrawal, with the Trimas Halishka, with all of them, once we withdraw, we're going to use the money that we take and buy Karbonos Hatzibar. That's the main usage of the Shkalim. Continues the Mishnah. The people who are hired to watch over the Svichim during the Shemitah year. So what exactly are we talking about? So during the Shemitah year, uh, there's an iser to obviously to plant, but more than that, to, to, to work the field at all. So even if there's something that's growing from last year, you're not allowed to work it and cultivate it, harvest it, so on and so forth. But there's something called that svichim. Uh, svichim are, are crops that are just growing from seeds that somehow just, um, these they, they just fell during the previous harvest and they took root. Now, somehow you had some seeds on the plants when you were harvesting at the end of last season, some seeds fell back into the ground and they took root. And then there are just these growths that are happening almost by themselves without you doing anything during the next year. And the question is whether or not they are subject to the restriction of Shemitah. Those are Svichin. Again, the stuff that was inadvertently planted during the harvest season uh, of the sixth year when some, when some seeds fell, fell down. So the question is whether or not there's an Isra or Svichin. So we hold that there's no problem for the Svichin. We're allowed to take the Svichin. And this is what we would take for the Karbanos of the Omer and the Shteh during the Shemitah year. So for during the Shemitah year, we need the Karbanos, we need new barley, we need new wheat for the Omer and Shteh And we want to make sure that nobody takes our stuff. Now, we're not actually supposed to, supposed to do much and work it, but we want to just watch it, make sure that no one, nobody comes and takes the Svichin, because we want to make sure that it's secure for us, for us, for the Beis HaMikdash, to bring their Karbanos. So the people who are guarding the Svichin of the Shemitah here, they can be paid from the money of the Trumas Halishka that was withdrawn from the Trumas Halishka. And the Chiddush of that is that right now you're not buying a Karban. That's not what you're doing. You're paying a watchman. But the idea is that they can also be paid because it's, it's a chilek from the carbon. You can't have the carbon. You can't have the carbon at all unless you're going to hire somebody to guard to guard the svichim. So go, the, the the payments the payments for guarding the svichim are considered the needs of the carbon themselves. And since they're the needs of the carbon themselves, they can come. They can be paid from the trumas or lishka. What is withdrawn from the collections of the shkala? Continues the nishra. Well. The truth is, says Rabbi Yossi, you, you don't need to be paying somebody at all. If, let's say somebody wanted to volunteer, he didn't want to be paid, and he just said, I'll watch it for the base of Mikdash for free, that's also okay. So you don't have to be paid. If someone's willing, you could do it without being paid at all. But however, Amr with the Chacham, and then obviously if he's not being paid, he's not going to be taking money from the Trimas Alishka. So Amr the Chacham said, no, don't you agree that it has to come Mishal Tzibar? Isn't it true that the, the Karbanas have to come from public funds? So what are we arguing about? Everybody agrees that it has to be a publicly owned thing. It can't be a private uh, carbon. The Omer Shalach has to be public. 
But the question basically is that the Rabbanon are raising an issue. They're saying that since you agree that the Omer Shalechem have to be brought as public Rabbanon from public money, so then you're going to have to agree to me that we have to pay the, pay the watchman. Why is this? Because while somebody's watching it, it's very likely that he might take uh, possession over the Sfichim to prevent other people from doing it. In other words, sometimes you could just stand there and, and say, don't come here. But sometimes you actually have to take matters into your own hands and acquire it uh, to make sure that it doesn't get take, fall, into, fall into the wrong hands. So in that situation... If they would acquire it, is it ever going to turn, uh, turn over to the base of this correctly? So if they're being paid and they're, and they're being paid watchmen, so that, that's not an issue because even if they do acquire it, they're doing it just as, they're just a shlichim of the people employing them. So if the base of Mikdash was employing them, they would just be doing it as, as shlichim of the agents of the base of Mikdash. That wouldn't be an issue if they would acquire it and stop other people from getting close. But if you hold that they're not being paid, like, the, like, like he was suggesting, that uh, we have no, Rabbi Yossi was saying that they don't have to be paid, so if they would acquire it and push people away, it would be coming under their uh, possession. If it would come under their possession, it would require them to then donate from what was legally theirs toward the base of Mikdash, and that's exactly where the issue is. Uh, that, that's the issue. Could a person donate from their personal uh, grains for the Omer and Shalachim, or does Omer and Shalachim from the outset, does it have to be uh, does it have to be the belongings, the possessions of the base of Mikdash? And that's exactly what the dispute is here. So the dispute in practical terms is, could we pay the watchman? Must we pay the watchman? According to Rabbanu, we have to pay the watchman because if we don't pay the watchman, then if they would in it, if they would come to take possession of it, we would have a problem turning it over to the Tzibor. Right? Rabbi Yossi doesn't have that problem. Let them take possession of it. But then they would turn it over to the Tzibor. They would turn it over to the Tzibor. Um, they would turn it over to the Tzibor. If they took possession, then they would be mocked into the Tzibor. So we're going to now see in the, in the Gemara what exactly that issue is. But the basic point is that Omer and Shtei have to come from the Tzibor. And if a Yachid would take possession of it, would it be okay for him to just transfer it afterwards uh, to the Tzibor? And that's the dispute. Okay. Uh, the simple analysis of that would be, uh, could a, is a person really wholeheartedly going to donate? This is an issue we've seen a few times in Shkalem, that if I have a private thing, am I, am I going to wholeheartedly, you know, be the full, my, my full generosity of mind and spirit, actually going to give this over to the Tzibor? Because if I don't, then there's something withholding, uh, withholding the, the carbon. It's not good for the carbon to be brought unless it's completely, completely the Tzibor. So first we mentioned, we jump here to a Mishnah uh, in Tainus. The Mishnah in Tainus is talking about days that specific families would donate wood for the Mizbeach, and it would, the days that families would donate wood for the Mizbeach, they made it into like special Yom and Tovim on those days. And, like we tell, and, and, and it's called Mara Zman It's called Zman So the Mishnah there uh, lists the dates that these families used to offer and bring, bring the wood, and which was dedicated as a Yantif. So we list nine dates. So the Mishnah, the Mishnah then says, why? Why do we have to not list the nine dates? When the Kohen family were donating wood, I mean, if anybody can donate wood at any time, what's miyuchad? What's special about these nine dates that we say, oh, when these families donate on these nine days of the year, it's a yuntif and a special thing. You can't fast, you can't eulogize. What's so special about these nine days? What's the background to why these nine days are miyuchad? Allah, rather, came when the Jewish people came back from the Gullah. We're talking about the beginning of Bayashani. They didn't find any wood at the base of Mikdash. And obviously, the base of Mikdash can't run. It can't function without wood. So, these families, these nine specific families, they took upon themselves, they volunteered to, make, to give wood. And what did they do? They gave it over to the Tzibor. It was their own private wood, and they gave it, they gave it over. And then the Kohanim would use the wood for all the Karbanah Tzibor that they needed. 
in order to recognize this great act, again, this was applying the wood, what they wouldn't have, they would have been stocked, so the Nevi'im who were there, still remember the beginning of the second base, they were still Nevu around, so the Nevi'im made a stipulation with the families, and they said as follows, even if in the future, the Lishka would be totally full of wood, still these families will get up and contribute wood from themselves on these specific dates, and the dates that mirrored the original time when they, when they donated wood at the beginning of the second base of Mikdash, every year annually, they're going to donate wood again. Why? They carve and starve El and they'll have a special privileges that the Karbanos will be brought with their wood first. They have special privileges to it in order to recognize the great act of generosity that they did in the beginning of the second base of Mikdash. We forever do that, that annually they have the rights to donate and their wood will be used first. So what do we see? That it's totally okay for a person to take his private wood give it to the base of Mikdash, and by donating it, by transferring the possession to the Tzibor, then we could bring the Karbonah Tzibor on that wood. So the Gemara says, Amar Ba'achad Rabbi Yossi, that Mishnah and Tainas is only going on Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi of our Mishnah that said that the watchmen for the Shvichan during the Shviyas do not have to be paid. Rabbi Yossi, Amar Afarutz, Masadu, that somebody can volunteer to be an unpaid watchman. Rabbi Yossi is not concerned that if he acquires a Shvichan for himself, he won't be able to transfer it. According to Rabbi Yossi, it won't be an issue. I could be a privately owned Sikhan, but then, then I'll, I'll give it over wholeheartedly to the base of Mikdash. So to hear if somebody privately owned wood, he could transfer it over to the public to use for the base of Mikdash. And according to the Chachamim, just as the unpaid watchman cannot transfer his new Sikhan, it would be a problem if he would do that. So too, it would be impossible for these families to ever have donated private wood. The wood and the use in the base of Mikdash would always have to be used, uh, would always have to be owned by the, by the public, by the, by the Tzibor. Says the Gemara, it's not necessarily true. Rabbi Yossi, Bashim Rabbi Lo, Actually, that Mishnah and Tainus is unanimous. It even works with the opinion of the Rabbana because Mapligin, where are they arguing? Where is the Machlokas about it, about here about the Sfichin? But Gufa Shol Carbon is only because we're talking about the actual carbon. We're talking about the grain itself or the animal that's actually being brought as the carbon. There, the Rabbana are of the opinion that it has to be owned initially from the Tzibor, it can't be owned from the Yachin, and then donated. Of Makshiri carbon, regarding some things which are just in the Mahatshir, the things that enable the carbon, like the wood that burns on the Mizbech, there, everybody agrees, there's no problem from transferring it from an individual to a public. It could be transferred. So therefore, the Mishnah there, which is talking about wood, which is just a hatcher of a carbon, so if it's just, if it's just the issue of hatcher carbon, then everybody agrees it could come from Yachid and then be transferred over to Tzibor. So the Mishnah in Tainus is even like the Rabbana. Continues the Gemara. Now we look at more things that seem only to be like Rabbi Yosi It says in Hebrides, a woman who made a kasonis, the special shirt for her calling Gadol's son to wear, Kshera, uh, it's valid, meaning the shirt, the, his big day guna that he's going to wear, it doesn't have to be initially owned by the Tibor. Her, the mother can make it. As long as she transferred it again, completely and wholeheartedly over to the Tibor. We would be choshish, maybe she's not going to do that. We say, no, it's totally fine. The mother can make her son the Kesonet, and then she will transfer it over to the Tibor. So Amar Vachad Rabbi Yossi, that Mishnah was only like the opinion of Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi, Omar Afarot, Mishnah, 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 like we see here, only Rabbi Yossi allows the watchman to be unpaid because even if he would take possession of it, he would just transfer it to the Tzibor. The Rabbana held that what? That he cannot do that. Because if he would come to take possession of it, he wouldn't be able to transfer it to the Tzibor. So, so too over there, according to Rabbanon, we wouldn't be allowed for, to accept a privately owned tunic for the coin to use in the base of Mishnah. Mark says the same point. Rabbi Yossi, Mishnah, 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 Actually, that Bryce saw that we allow the mother of the coin Gadol to make the Ksonas for his son. Is unanimous even according to Rabbanon because Ma Pligin, where do they argue? The Gufa Shol Karman. They only argue, argue about the animal, the grain itself. Like by the Svichan Shviyans here, Abu Machiri carbon, but the things that are just enabling the carbon, like the Ksonas. The Ksonas is not the object, not the item that's brought. The, the Ksonas is simply 
The chesones is simply what is the hexer carbon, what enables the coin to do that voda. Everybody would agree. See where it could be transferred from private, uh, from private property to the base of Mikdash. Okay, so until now we've been assuming that something, the reason why the Mishnah Tainers could be like Rebiosi is because we're assuming that wood isn't really a carbon. Wood is just the hexra carbon. Now the truth is you don't have to look at it that way because the wood is burned on the Mizbah together with the animal. So you could say it's only hexra carbon, it's just enabling the animal to be burned. But we're going to try to prove now that actually it's not true, that the wood itself takes on a higher level, or the wood itself is a carbon, and if the wood itself is a carbon, then it would mean that the Mishnah Tainus is only like Rabbi Yossi. Says the Gemara, Matisal, Pliga, Rabbi Yossi, a price was taught, which goes against what Rabbi Yossi said in the name of Rabbi Yossi before. Not Rabbi Yossi the Tana, but the Amor Rabbi Yossi Bar Ilah, who was saying that the wood is a actual carbon, because it says, also in these nine days that they made into Yom Tovim, they were celebrated as Yom Tovim, whether the base of Mikdash was around and they were bringing carbonos, or after the destruction of the base of and they were no longer bringing carbonos. They were forever, in eternity, happy holidays for these families. Rabbi Yossi Yomar, no, actually, they were only celebrated in the time. Um, when the Beis HaMikdash was around. But everybody agrees that when the Beis HaMikdash was around, it was Mamash Yontif. So what, what, why is it such a Yontif? If it's just that you're donating Heksher, then it wouldn't be so significant. For the fact that these days that they were donating the wood were turned into Mamash Yom and Tovim of holidays, we see from here that it must be that the wood is actually a carbon itself, Kufo Shul carbon, and at level higher than after a carbon. That's one proof. And we bring another proof. Open at the time. You can see this also from the bride. So Amar Blazer, Rabbi Sadr. Blazer, son of Rabbi Sadr, said, Anu, Hayinu, and Nisan, Shabin Yamin. We were the descendants of Sana, the son of Binyamin, from Shevet Binyamin here. And the son of family was one of the people who, one of the families who donated the wood. Shechal, Shechal, Tishbab, Yosef, Shabbos. One once happened that Tishbab, the ninth of Av, fell on Shabbos. So when Tishbab is Shabbos, what do we do? So it's postponed at Nitra until Sunday. So the fast was postponed until the 10th of Av. Now, the issue is that the 10th of Av was significant for this family because it was the date that they donated the wood. So they have, they have the following paradox. For them, on the one hand, it's Tisha B'Av. On the other hand, it's their private holiday because this is the day that they donate the wood. So what do they do? They fasted on that day, but they didn't finish the fast. They didn't complete it because it had to be a holiday, but they fasted until the end. In, in, just in an incomplete way because of the fact that it was a, a Tishabab. So look how far it went. That private ho- the ho- this private holiday of the wood from the Sanaf family, it caused the Mamash to push away Tishabab. They were eating on, on, on the day that everybody else was fasting and it indicates that this is not um, some Pashat or Minog or something. It's much higher than some than that. It's real, a real Yontif. And, and the fact that we see that they're celebrating is a real Yontif. It proves that uh, the carbon, it must be it's a real carbon for the wood and not just a actual carbon. Okay, so once we see it's not a hash carbon, so the mission which allows then to come from private people must be only like the opinion of Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah, but according to Rabbana, it wouldn't be allowed. The Mishnah said, So we said it all has to come, and the Mishnah was saying that it all comes from the money that we withdraw from the Lishka. So now, the something in the Mishnah, we're going to get a little bit of a tangent, we'll see what it has to do with our Mishnah. But it says the Mishnah, the Mishnah is going like Rishmael, the Rishmael, Omer, ain't no Omer Bama The barley used in the carbon Omer cannot come from Surya. So Surya is a plan, is a, is a region that's in the north of Israel, and David HaMelech, um, he actually conquered it. And it, the, there's a big question about David HaMelech's conquest, whether it turned it halakhically into Eretz Yisrael or not, but it doesn't seem like it had a higher status of Eretz Yisrael. And we're saying that the Omer has to come from barley that grew in Eretz Yisrael, to the extent that even Surya is excluded because it's not Eretz Yisrael proper. That's the opinion of Rabbi Shema. We're going to prove that our Mishnah holds like him. Well, we'll get to that eventually. So first we get, we, we look at a bit of a tangent here. We learned in a Mishnah, in Menachos, all Karbanos, that a Yachid and a Tzibar brings of Menachos. So what's the Din Bam and Ars Mechazars? The grain can come from inside Eretzal or outside Eretzal. So from the new crop or from the old crop. 
It can be brought from the crop of the previous year or from the crop of the year now, as long as the Omer Shtelechem already brought, which makes it permissible to bring the new crop. They can only come They have to come from the new crop. It has to come from the, the new stuff that's growing now. And it has to come from the land of Eretz Yisrael. And the source for this could be because the language of the Pasuk says, when you come to the land that I'm giving you, so therefore it's mashma that the mitzvah of Omer Shtei is specifically to come from the grains of Eretz Yisrael. So that Mishnah in Minnacho is the same point. The Mishnah is only going like Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel Omar. Rabbi Shmuel says, Ain't Omar Bam Nasurya. The Omer for, the, for the, the, the barley and the Omer can't even come from Surya. Another Mishnah that only sounds like Rabbi Shmuel. We learned in a Mishnah. Mishnah and Kalim Esrach Kedusha saying there are 10 different levels of Kedusha. Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is the highest of all lands. My Kedusha, so what is its holiness? In what regard is it the holiest? Only from Eretz Yisrael can you bring barley, the fruit from Bikurim, and the wheat for Shtei You can't do this, you can't bring these types of things in the grains from other lands. Again, that mission is only Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says that the barley used in the army cannot come only from Surya. So we have it comes out that uh, we have a bunch of Stamishnais that seem to only hold like Rabbi Shmuel, uh, whereas other Tanam held that the Omer can come from other lands. A third Mishnah that we learned in the Mishnah. The Mishnah in Shvi is Rabbi Shmuel, Omer, Macharish, Rishos. We're looking at a Pasuk. Pasuk says, We work with Tishbos. Then it says, You work. And then you rest on the seventh day. And then the Pasuk says, Becharish uvakatsir tishbos. From the plowing and from the harvesting, you rest. So what's going on? So we're speaking about plowing or cutting on Shabbos. So why is it singling out these two malachos? It's telling you something. What's it telling you? Macharish rishos. Just as plowing is always a discretionary act. There's no mitzvah in the Torah ever to plow. And that's where the Torah is asking plowing on Shabbos. Avkatsir rishos. So too, when the Torah asks is cutting on Shabbos, uh, harvesting on Shabbos is only usher when, when it is a discretionary form of cutting. This excludes cutting the Omer Shem which is a mitzvah. And since it's a mitzvah, it would be Doche Shabbos. So if the sixth of Nisan fell on Shabbos, cutting the Omer would be performed even though it is Shabbos, because the Torah says, I'm only That's Rabbi Shmuel's drasha. This ruling of Rabbi Shmuel goes lishitas with what he said. Rabbi Shmuel Amar in Amar in Surya that the barley used in Amar can't come from even from Surya. Kedai to Amar Yatsa Sir Omer Shumit. So that goes like his opinion that cutting the Omer is excluded from being done on Shabbos. It's much on Shabbos. So meaning Rabbi Shmuel holds that the Omer has to grow and then obviously be cut as well in Eretz Yisrael. Even though, and this is the Chiddush, if let's say it would be a Shemitah year when you're not allowed to work during the Shemitah year, so normally you're not allowed to cut the stuff, you're not allowed to be kotzer, it's not, it's not allowed, and it can't come from ownerless things because Omer can't come from ownerless things. So it must be, Rabbi Shmuel is going to hold that cutting the Omer can override the Shemitah Yisurim. Because, well, and what do you mean there's no, there's no alternative? Why can't you bring it from a place that's outside Israel, which has no Kedusha Shviyas? It must be, it has to come from, it must come from um, Eretz Yisrael, and therefore there's another form of Ketir HaOmer, which is a mitzvah, which is, which is Docha. And that's the point that we're saying here, Bishmael's Lashitaso. In other words, Rabbi Shmuel's Lashitaso, when he's looking at the Katsir Rishos and the Pasuk, and the overlap between Shabbos and Shemitah, he's saying just as during the Shemitah, the Ketirah is going to be a mitzvah, which would be Docha, it would be Docha, the Isr Shvi is, so to Ketzira is a mitzvah, the cutting of the Omer, which would be Docha Shabbos. So from the fact that the, the basic premise that Rabbi Shmuel is saying that it's a mitzvah, which would be Docha Shviyas, we see that it must come from, from Eretz Yisrael. If it didn't come from Eretz Yisrael, then there would be no predicament. You could just, what do you mean it's a mitzvah, which is Docha Shviyas? Just bring it from, from outside of Israel. It must be, and the Omer can only come from Israel. 
says that now we go back to our Mishnah. We say, Who's the town of our Mishnah? We said that the people watching the Sfichl and Shemitah can get paid with the funds from the Shemitah Halishka. In other words, normally what happens? What's going on? We have the Shemitah stuff. It's all Hefker. You're not allowed to guard it. Right? And what's the pshat? We're protecting these Sfichim. We're only, normally you're not allowed to guard the stuff. It must be needed for the Omen's Shemitah and, and it's like a special hetzer that we're allowed to guard the Sfichim during Shemitah, even though normally we wouldn't guard the ownerless things during Shemitah. So why are we allowed to do that? Why don't we just import grain from outside of Israel? Must be, we're going like Rabbi Shmuel. So our Mishnah, which has this whole issue with the Sfichim during Shemitah, bringing the Omer Shemitah, we're going like Rabbi Shmuel, that the carbon can only come from grains inside of Israel. So the Gemara is not a proof. Everybody agrees that if you couldn't, imp, you couldn't find it outside of the land of Israel, then you would have to be bringing it from the land of Israel and then it would have to be guarded. So meaning, of course, maybe you could bring it from outside the land of Israel. And the Mishnah may hold like the Rabbanan that it's an option. But if it was not working out and then you would have to bring it from Israel, then the Mishnah is saying, what am I going to do with the issue of guarding, who's, where, what are they going to be paid for? Are they going to be paid from the Trimas Alishka? So fine, after all of this, we say that uh, there is a scenario where the, the Omer is brought from the Sfichim that grew during the Shemitah year. And now the Gemara continues on that. What about for the Omer? Could you even plant barley and wheat during the Shemitah year? Meaning, now we're seeing that the, op, the best option is, is to take from, from the aftergrowths that are growing themselves in Israel during the Shemitah. But what if you don't find any aftergrowths? Are you allowed to plant, which is totally awesome during Shemitah normally? Can you plant, Mamash be Docha the Israel, planting and working the grain during Shemitah in order to get the carbon Omer? So the Gemara says, they had the question, he said, no, can't be, because if you would do this, what do you do with the carbon Omer? With the carbon Omer, you take a Kmitzah, you take a little bit in the fingers, you burn it down, you burn it on the Mizbech, and then the rest of it is eaten. But in this case, the, the rest of it's not going to be allowed to be eaten because it's going to be totally usher because it's, 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 it's stuff that was over on the Isser, the Isser Shemitah stuff. So it's going to remain usher because the grain which is planted the Isser during Shemitah is not allowed to be eaten. So of course the Mincha is not going to be, it's not going to be good. There's no way we could bring the Mincha because the Shirayim won't be allowed to be eaten. And if, when you can't bring a Mincha that the Shirayim won't be allowed to be eaten, so of course it's not going to be good. So Amalei, we said, no, it's not such a necessarily good proof because we learned back in the mission of there are things that are brought in a state of Tumah but can't be eaten with Tumah. And one of the five things is the carbon of Omer. So meaning there's Allah that the communal offering and we say that the din of only allows the carbon Omer to be brought, but it doesn't mean you practically eat the Shirayim B'tumah. So what does that mean? We have another case of such an anomaly. Let's say all the, all the carbon became Tameh, but this is the only thing that we have. So since, since we need it to be brought for the Torah of the carbon Tzibor, we're, we're going to allow it to be brought B'tumah. And yet the Shirayim are not going to be eaten B'tumah. So what do we see? That we're going to have Akrava from the Kamin, so even though the Shirayim won't be eaten, since that's the only thing we have, that's the only thing we have. It's nitre. So to here, even though there's going to be an iser to eat the shirai because they were planted during Shemitah, but they won't stop the bringing of the carbon ha'omer. So the Gemara is entertaining again the possibility if there were no svichin, it would be mutter even to plant grain, let's the carbon. Okay. Now we see, we kept on saying that the watchmen are paid from the from the Trimas Alishka. How do we pay them? It sounds like we don't want to take the holy things, right? The Shkolem are holy. We don't want to just pay them directly. We don't want to pay them directly. We're going to learn about this later. It might be that it doesn't become consecrated. It doesn't become deconsecrated. It doesn't become 
Nishalal, there's no redemption of the money just on the intangible of, oh, you work, so I pay. So we always want to redeem it, take away the Kedusha before they just use it themselves. So how do we do this? We take money from a money changer, and we pay them. In other words, we kind of take out a loan, we pay them from ordinary Hulun money, before the Omer is even brought. Then it may be then after, when it's time to bring it, they bring money from the Shkalim box. From, from that they withdrew and they would deconsecrate the money, they'd be mechal the money onto the Omer offering, which is very good because then we have something to transfer it onto. The money then becomes deconsecrated. We would use the deconsecrated money to pay back the money changers. So now everything's good. We're not paying with the shkalim. We're not paying directly to the people working. We're just repaying the, the after we deconsecrate it onto the Omer, we then are, um, we then are paying back the, the, money, the money changer. Okay. Um, now, so the Mar says, with Tavis Canis, this is a good way to do it. And what's bothering us is that the sum of Shkala money that's going to be deconsecrated onto the Omer isn't the same value in the flour that was originally brought. Because the Mishnah tells us that there used to be three soft grain that was harvested for the Omer. And after there was so much, tons and tons of sifting, only one-tenth of the three saw which would be left, and they would bring the mincha from that. So we assume that the washroom are being paid the wage, which is commensurate for how much they did for protecting three soft grain. And... All we're doing is deconsecrating onto the Omer, and the Omer is only a small amount of the three saw actually remaining. So how could the Shkalim equal the full sum that, was, that we gave to the watchman ahead of time? So the Gemara says, Whatever is given now is based upon the value of the remaining flour. That was the amount that was paid from the outset. So in other words, watchmen weren't paid in advance for the full three saw. They were only paid based on the final Isarim that would make it. So therefore, everything was fine. They're not being paid uh, for the price of three saw. They're only being paid based on the final amount of the Isar. And we find a very similar issue. Tana Ap, the Pisgah of King, with the people who would work with the stones for the base of Mikdash, with the workers of the stone, we would do the same thing. How are we going to pay them? So we're paying them from holy coins. But Kate said, also, again, it doesn't make sense. It's like a disgrace. We can't pay them with the holy coins directly. So if we don't want to pay them directly, we have to, we have to, do, it, um, we have to do it differently. Okay, so what are we going to do? Kate said, what was that? We would take money, take out a loan for the money changer and give it to the people who are cutting, cutting all, the, all the stones. And there are two different type guys here. Some guys take the stones off the mountains and then there are the guys who cut the stones. This is even before the stone is put on the, on, onto the building. And once they do the work and they put the stone on, then they bring money from the Shkalim and then they would deconsecrate the money onto the stones. So we don't want to give the money again directly to the workers. So we, we first take out a loan and pay them. And then we take the shkalim and deconsecrate the money onto the stones. And the stones become holy. And now the deconsecrated money, we go and pay the money changer. We have the same issue with Tavis Kane. Is that an appropriate thing to do? Because the sum of the shkalim that's being deconsecrated is not the same amount of money that the stones were initially. Because they're being paid for all the taking of the stones and the cutting of the stones, so on and so forth. But the problem is that the finished product is going to be much Smaller, there's not going to be as many stones. So if we're only deconsecrating on the stones at the end, how is that going to be worked for the amount of money that we're paying the worker? So you have the same answer. Whatever is given now was the amount that they were paid for the first place. And they're, not, they're only being paid in the first place, not for how much they're working with, but by how much the final product is going to be after it all stands. Okay. So now we were kept on saying the basic premise is that we have the trumas alishka, the trumas alishka, the money withdrawn, the money withdrawn, they would make again three withdrawals. Any money that is in the withdrawal, they would pay for the carbonos. But now the mission continues, para, para, duma, right, the burn, that they would bring the, the, the red cow and burn it, the whole thing, the hegot, 
that sent off on Yom Kippur to Azazel, even though, so the Chiddush of these things that even though they aren't, these aren't classical Karbanos, and even the strip of the red wool, this goes with the Paraduma, they used to have a bundle, I do this Azov and some wood and some hyssop with the wool, it was all thrown into the fire. So these things are all considered part of the carbon funds, and therefore, they also come from the funds that were withdrawn. And there's a chedesh, they're not classical carbonos. But we're saying that these things are also considered in the general carbon uh, family, and therefore, they are paid for by the funds withdrawn from the Trumas Alishka. But now, what about the other things that we need? Kavash for example, the ramp which would be built for the Paraduma. The Paraduma, we were very concerned for Tumah. So they used to have a specific ramp that would be chutzis, that they would, uh, that they would walk out on the Paraduma. Again, it was performed by the uh, Bahara Zesim, opposite the base of Mikdash. So the ramp that they would, that they would transport it on, that would block from Tumah, the Kavash Sarmish a ramp also for the ego. They didn't want people to be so uh, to, to, to bother the person taking out the ego. So they would build him a special ramp that he could get out from the Azara. So that, and the strip of wool, which is tied between the horns of the of the, of the Azazel. Remember, there was a strip of wool which was red and would turn white. So that, and the canal in the base of Mikdash, the water, they'd be able to wash the floors. So those types of things. So these things are not essential carbon needs. These are all just like ancillary to the carbon. They go together with the carbon, but not the real carbon needs. The city walls, and the towers, and all of the city's needs, all of the things for the upkeep of the city. These things, they cannot be paid with the, with the money of the Trumas Alishka because they're not Karbanos. So what would they, how are they provided? They're provided by what remains. What does it mean by what remains? It means that after, after they would withdraw, then, then the money that was left, that's called Shiari Halishka, what's left behind. What's left behind, that is what would be used to pay for all the other needs. Okay, continues the Mishnah. Abashal Omar Kevashapar regarding the ramp. Would do it and they would pay for it with their own money. So they didn't need to use the money from the Shiari Halishka. The Kohen and Godolim, whoever was busy with the, with the Paraduma, they would build it themselves. And we'll see more of the reason for that in the, uh, the Gemara. Okay. Now, there are going to be some new categories which we're going to learn about, and we really need the Gemara to help us more, but we'll read the Mishnah here. Moser, Shiar, Alishka, Ma'isimba. What do they do with the Moser of the Shiari, Alishka? So, what does that mean? Money that's left in the Shiar, meaning we had a withdrawal. So now we have Shirai, we have the remainders that's left. And we attend to all the city's needs and the canal and all of what we need. But they still have extra money. So what do we do with the with money that is extra from the Shiyari Halishka? So what do we do? So the first opinion says, We go into business with them. We buy wines, oil, and flour, and they would try to resell them. So we try to make money. It's like Hektish is trying, they're investing Hektish's money. Hektish profits would go to Hektish, according to Rabbi Shmuel. We invest the money of Hektish, we go into a business for them to try to make them more money. And what are we going to do with the money that comes in? We'll yet to see. We do not invest Hektish's money. Right? It's, not, it's not appropriate. Uh, first of all, what would happen if something would go wrong? So then Hektish would lose. So we don't never invest. We don't make investments with Hektish's money. That's Rabbi Akiva's stand. The same thing with, with money collected from the poor. We do not invest the money into something else. We don't try to do that. We don't make a business with money that was collected for tzedakah. Okay. So now continues the Mishnah Moser Hatruma Malyosimba. What would they do with leftover money from the Truma? Again, they would withdraw money and buy carbonos, but what would happen if they bought all the carbonos and they still have extra money from the coins that were withdrawn? What would they do with it? So Rikue Zav, it's the base They would use it to buy gold sheets for the covering the base of Kalashikadash and to make it beautiful. 
these gold sheets lines, the floor and the walls. That's what they would use if there was any money left over from the truma from the money withdrawn. Okay, now continues the, continues the, the Mishnah with other Tanoim that talk about the remainder of the truma. Rabbi Yishmael Omar, Moser HaPeiros, Ketz Lamazbeach, Moser Truma, Lekhlishars. The remainder of the fruits. So what are the remainder of the fruits? So it could be, this is what we were talking about before. We mentioned, we mentioned before, Rabbi Yishmael said that if there was money left over in the Shari Lishka, they would invest it. They would sell wine, oil, and flour. Rabbi Yishmael is now saying, what would those profits go to? So those profits go to Ketz Lamazbeach, Lamazbeach's dessert. So what is that? Whenever the base of Mekdash was empty, they would have volunteered communal olos carbonos. Who what was gonna who what was gonna fund it? It was funded by this Moser Haperos. Again, the Moser of the Shiari Halishka, they would invest and sell, and then the, the all the profits that would come in, they would buy for these extra carbonos for, for the Mizbah. The, literally the dessert that the Mizbah would eat. And Moser HaTruma, the extra of the Truma, again, what the coins that were drawn to buy carbonos. What do we do if they, we, we bought Kabbalahs and there's still extra coins? Likli, Sharis, we would use it for the Kli Sharis. And the rationale for, the, for saying this, that the remainder of the, of the Truma should go for the Kli Sharis because that's closer to the Mizbah. And really, the Truma Salushka goes for Karbanos. So therefore, if anything left over, it makes more sense to buy, uh, to buy Kli Sharis for them. Now we have a third opinion, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Moser Truma, the Ketan Zah. Just the opposite. The Moser HaTruma, the, the, the extra money from what was withdrawn, the Shalom was withdrawn, goes to the Ketzam Mizbech. That goes, because those are at least Karbanos. So that goes for the Ketzam Mizbech. Moser Nesachim and the extra Nesachim. Now we have to see what in the world is the extra Nesachim. This is like a new category. We would have somehow have extra funds from bringing Nesachim. From the wine libations, we'll see how that comes to be. And those are used like klishares. So he's just saying, he's, he's disagreeing with Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael was saying that it was the Moser HaTruma, which goes like klishares. Rabbi Akiva is saying that no, the klishares are bought by the Moser Nesachim. We'll have to see in the Gemara what Moser Nesachim, in fact, are. Now, fourth opinion, the Moser Nesachim, which was referred to, they would use that to buy the extra carbonos from his back. Moser HaTruma, the leftover from the Truma, that would go like klishares. And Zevazeli, neither this one or that one, Rabbi Akiva Machanania, agreed to Rabbi Yishmael about the fruit. Meaning, Rabbi Yishmael was saying that we had the, the prophets coming in from the fruits. When they, remember that you the most Sherry Alishka, which were being invested according to Rabbi Shmuel, according to Rabbi Shmuel, it came in and they would use them for Ketzam Mizbech. Both Rabbi Akiva and Rachinikas Ganakonim do not hold that. They hold the Ketzam Mizbech came from other things. According to Rabbi Akiva, the Ketzam Mizbech was coming from the Moser Atrum. According to Rabbi Rachinikas Ganakonim, the Ketzam Mizbech was coming from the Moser Nesachim. Both hold it did not come from the investing of the fruits. And the Pashup shot is because they didn't hold that there was a reinvesting of the fruits. That was only specific to the opinion of Rabbi Yishmael. Okay, continues the Gemara. So we mentioned the, the, the red wool strips. So we mentioned it was used for the paraduma. They were thrown into the fire. It was also used by the star Mishaleh to put it between its horns. So we say, There are three strips of red wool, which is used with a different amount of weight. Shel Sa'ir, the one that's used for the Sa'ir with the goat. So Basela, it has to have the weight of Basela because it was divided into two. So since it was divided into two, right, we have, they, would, um, they would have half by the base of Mikdash, and, 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 and half by the, uh, half by the Sar, Sar also. So since it was split into two, it had to have a, a heavy weight. So it had to have a Sela of weight. Shal Mitzorah The one of the Mitzorah, 
the Mitzorah, that was part of his purification process. They would, they would take the, a little bit of red wool with the hyssop and the cedar, and they would sprinkle the blood onto, from, the, from the bird carbonos onto Mitzorah. So that didn't have to be so much weight, but shekel, even just a shekel, just two zuz, that was, um, that was totally okay. And Shalpara, the one of the paradum was day slum. It has to have the weight of two slum. And the reason was because it was, had to, it's, you have to throw it into the fire to make sure that it's heavy enough that it goes into the heart, into the heart of the fire, into the main part of the fire. So it had to weigh at least two slum. So these are just different minimum shiurim for the weight of the three wool uh, strips that are used in the base of Mikdash. These are the names. Actually, the paraduma has to be two and a half slum. Some people quoted it saying it has to have 10 zuz. It's the same thing. It's just a, a way of getting that because again, Masela is four zuz, so two and a half would be 10. Okay, so now we talk about more things that are paid. We talked about the the, the shiari halishka after um, after shiari halishka. What we said we had to pay for all the needs, all the other ancillary needs that weren't karbana. So the gemara continues with that. They were Tamid Chachamim who would teach the Kohanim the laws. They would teach them all the laws of Shkita and how to do Avodah, so on and so forth. So how would they be paid? They would be paid from what remained after it remained in the Shkalim after the withdrawal happened. So the same way we would pay for the needs of the city, we would also pay the Tamid Chachamim who were educating the Kohanim. The people who would example the, who would examine all the carbonos for blemishes. There can't be any blemishes. There would be people who are hired to check for blemishes. So they would be paid from that from the half cycle withdrawn from the Trimas Alishka. So they were paid with the remaining uh, the remaining the remaining funds from the Shema, from the Trimas Alishka. Continues the Gemara, Magi Sefer Torah, but Notlin Scharm Chumas Alishka. The people would correct the Sefer Torah and the Azara. There used to be a Sefer Torah kept in the Azara, and you always had to be checked to make sure it was okay or corrected it. So again, they would take it from the half shekel withdrawn from the leftovers of the half shekel withdrawn from the Chumas Alishka. The judges in Yerushalayim who would make sure that, that people, you know, were, 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 they, they would judge the people correctly. So they, they would also be paid from the, from the, from the remaining of, the, uh, of, of what was left in the Shari Alishka. The women who would weave the curtains of the Beit HaMikdash, they would also be paid with the stuff uh, from the Mosei Shari HaLishka. So what's this idea? So they used to have, uh, the, uh, in the Kodesh right between the Kodesh HaKadosh and the Kodesh HaKadosh, there were curtains. An amethic wall existed in the first Beit HaMikdash, and the second Beit HaMikdash, there was no, there was no, the wall wouldn't work. So they used to have actually curtains uh, on, on, on the inside and the outside, of this ama thickness to make sure that was in place of the wall. So if the women who are weaving the curtains, they would also be paid from these funds from the Trimas Alishka. Says the Gemara, disagrees. He says, it's from the upkeep of the base of Mikdash. It's not from the Trimas Alishka. That's from the different fund. Whenever there's general donations to the base of Mikdash, not from the Shkalim. It goes to the Badaka Bayas. Badaka Bayas is general upkeep of the base of Mikdash, so it would be paid for that. So, Maplog, what's the Machlok? Shmuel, Avalaka Karban. Shmuel said the curtains are considered like a carbon. Therefore, they have to be paid from, from the Trimas Halishka. Makes sense. 
that they um, that they that 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 they're paid from, the, from just since they're like a carbon, it would make sense that they come from the shkolim. And why are they like a carbon? Because at certain times the the blood would go on them, right? They would put the the, the blood on them on Yom Kippur. You sprinkle on the curtain, so therefore it makes sense that the, that they that they're paid for from the from the shkolim. It's just like general. It's just the construction of the base of mikdash. It's not really like an item of a carbon. Since it's not really like an item of a carbon, therefore it would be paid for not from the shkolim, but rather just from the general uh, donations that were given to the upkeep of the base of mikdash. We have a dispute. What is paying for the curtains? Continues the Gemara. Amar Rebbe Chizkiah. Rebbe Chizkiah teaches. Tana Rebbe Yehuda Gadgus. Rebbe Yehuda Gadgus teaches a brisa. Ha'katayrez regarding the katayrez. Spices that were burned, whole carbonos that's here, and all other carbonos that are brought by the whole community, they come from the trimas halishka. That's the general rule. Again, that our Mishnah said that all carbonos at Sibor are provided for by the uh, the coins that are withdrawn from the treasury, from the trimas halishka. In contrast, Mizbah any kalim that we're using in the base of make they come from the Mosar of the Nesachim. Again, we're going to define exactly what that is in tomorrow's daf, but there would be somehow leftover money from the Nesachim, from the libations. They would use those for the Kli Shares. Now, the Kli Shares were including the Mizbah The reason is the Mizbah it wasn't built into the ground. It was just like a Kli. It's, a different than, it's no different than any other Kli that was used, let's say, to catch the blood. So the, since the, the, the Kli Shares came from the Mosar Nesachim, the Mizbah was included in, the, in that as well. In contrast, Mizbah the outside Mizbah and the Azara, the, it's called the Mizbah Ha'ola, which was built, it was a part of the, the, the structure. It's considered more of a structural thing. By Heichel Azaras and all the courtyards and the chambers and all that. So those are structural points. So those come from the Lishka, from the items which were consecrated for the Badek Abayas, for the upkeep of the base of Mikdash. So those, those are general things. Construction of the base of Mikdash comes from the Badek Abayas. That's the distinction. The Karbanos, these are the three categories. Karbanos comes from the Trimas Lishka. The Klishares, and including the Mizbah Chazal, which is the Klishares, come from the Mosar Nesachim. And the Mizbechos, a Mizbah Ha'ola, and the structural points, those come from the Lishkas of the Badek Abayas. Chutz Azaros, except for the walls outside the courtyard, Ban Mishari Lishka. So when we're talking about all the areas outside of the wall, talking about Yerushalayim, those would come from the remains of the Lishka. So remains of the Lishka, remember, after they would take a... Uh after they would take the Trimas Halishka, there would be Shiari Halishka, things which would remain. And those things can be taken, uh, those can be paid for all the places outside in general, Yerushalayim area, those can be taken by the Shiari Ha Halishka. So like, let's say you had a wall in Yerushalayim that, that needed repairs and whatnot, that can come from the Shiari uh, Halishka. It's an interesting point, and, and, and it really has nothing to do with the Beis Hamikdash, you would think, but it obviously does because the kedusha of the of, of Yerushalayim is there to eat the kachim kalim, so on and so forth, and therefore it can be paid for by the shiari halishka. They're not carbonos themselves, the walls obviously so it can't come from the trimas halishka, but it can, could come from the shiari halishka. So the Gemara asks, It says that there's meila. If somebody takes one of the stones and uses it for their own benefit, it's subject to meila. So the question is, is there a me'ila in the coins that are left from the Shirayim? We assume certainly not. And the reason is we're going to see this a little bit later. We actually talked about it earlier as well, that after they would withdraw the coins, the coins that were left, they don't have me'ila. Me'ila is for things which are me'yuchad la'ashem, only for Hashem. So that makes sense, let's say, for example, for the trimas alishka, things withdrawn, since they buy carbonos with them, that those things have me'ila. But if the Shirayim alishka do not. So if the Shirayim alishka was the source of the 
of what paid for the walls of Yerushalayim, then how could it be that there is Mi'ila? How could it be that there's Mi'ila? It doesn't make sense that there's Mi'ila because if it's paid for by the Shirarim, by Shirayim, it shouldn't have Mi'ila. So the Kumar says, no, it's not so. We're going like Rameir. Rameir, Amar Molin, Rameir is the Das Yachid, the lone opinion who says that Mi'ila actually is there on the coins that remain from the... Um, in the, in the Lishka. And the reason Rabbi Meir said this, Rabbi Meir said that even though they would withdraw, but they always, after withdrawal, there's always the potential that maybe we're going to need more. So therefore, even the Shirayim are left, they're imbued with the sanctity of Me'ilah. So if we're going like the opinion of Rabbi Meir, so even the Shiari Lishka have Me'ilah, and if the, therefore someone was mole on the walls of Yerushalayim, they would have Me'ilah. But the Kamar says it's not a good thing. Rameir only said it during the year, meaning the whole point is Rameir saying, and even after you withdraw the coins, maybe you're going to need more, so therefore even the Shirayim are subject to Me'ilah. So that makes sense only during the year, during the year when you might use the coins themselves for the Karbanos. Here we're dealing with the case of after the year, after the year has passed, meaning that they're bought with the old Shkalim coins, which remained after the the year was over because they would never have bought the stones for Yerushalayim during the new coins which would potentially have gone to the Karbanas. We don't want to detract from the Karbanas. So obviously we're using from the old year, if using for the old year there shouldn't be Me'ila because again Me'ila is only for something which can go like for a carbon or Me'yuchad Lashem completely only for Hashem. The walls of Yerushalayim certainly don't meet that criteria. So even mayors you say that there's Me'ila in the Shi'ari Alishka, that would only be there during the old year when the potential, during the old year when, or I should say during the new year when, when it's could potentially be go for the go for the carbonus. But after that year has passed, then there's no possibility that, that there is Me'ila there. So since there's not going to be Me'ila, we're back Shvar to Arkasha. How in the world could there be Me'ila on the walls of Yushalayim if if it comes from the uh from the Shiari Halishka, and therefore the Gemara just says that it seems to be an opinion that doesn't make sense. What we said with Rida Agados is what he was saying. It doesn't make sense that it's paid for by the Shiari Halishka. Says the Gemara, another point here, all of these things, if these things are not in place, all these tools here are not in place, the of the carbon, then it can't work. You need to have the shulchan, the menorah, all the mesbechos, and all the parochos have to be in place. Without them, you can't bring carbonus. Even though you could say, I'm not using that kli when I bring a carbon. But nonetheless, according to Rabbi Meir, all these things are ma'akib. If you don't have them, if you don't have them, then we cannot bring carbonus at all. That's where we may as a benyev ha-chachamram. The chachamram say, in lecha ma'akav is a carbon, and the karakov a karen bovah. The only thing that's ma'akav the carbon is the karakov and the karen. We're talking about the mizbeach. The mizbeach has to have a, the karen is the simple part, the horn. And there's something called the karakov. The karakov is mentioned in the mizbeach. It was something that went around. It went around. It was a sort of band that went around the mizbeach. And it had some like, like decorated decorations on it that the Gemara and Zvachim elaborates upon. So the Karkov and the horns, those are Ma'akiv. And without those, it doesn't have a shame's back at all. But these other things, those are things that aren't necessary for the carbon according to the, according to Rabbana. And therefore, if you brought a carbon when these things were not present, it would be okay. So the Gemara says, They both said, Wherever it says in the Pasuk, the word Nochach, the word that it should be opposite, it's ma'akiv. Tzela, whoever uses the word tzela, it's not ma'akiv. So what's an example? So by the menorah, it says, you put the menorah, nochach ha-shulchan. So since the menorah says it should be nochach, specifically opposite the shulchan, so it should be ma'akiv if you're missing, if you're missing the menorah. The word nochach implies that without it, it's totally essential. You can't, it can't be yotze. But the word tzela is not. Like for example, the shulchan, it says, titinat tzela tzafon. So the word tzela is mashma, it's not as essential. It should be there, but it's by the side, but it's not ma'akiv if it's not there. And there was another opinion from Rosh Hashanah, even the word Selah is Ma'akib. And so, for example, if there wouldn't Shulchan wouldn't be there, you wouldn't be able to bring a carbon at all. So we have a Kasha. What's going, what's going on here? We've just been saying, according to the Rabbana, the only thing that's Ma'akib is, 
is, is that the Mizbeach is there, that the horns and the cargo over the decorative bands around the Mizbeach are there, but not the other Kalim. Only Rabbi Meir, the other Kalim Amakiv. Here we see that all the Kalim Amakiv, Amar Abilah, B'Shem, Top of Vidal, B'Shem, 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 even wherever it says the word Sima, like by most of the Kalim. You should place them, all of them are ma'akid. So how can we say, how could this work with the opinion of the Rabbanon who say that only the karkov and the horns are ma'akid? So the Gemara answers, we're talking about when you're doing that vudos, bifnim, like the Torah, letting the Nora, putting the lechem upon him. There, there's a halacha that all of these things are ma'akid and without them it's not. Whereas the Rabbanon and Rabbeir were talking about when you're doing an avodah outside, you're bringing a regular carbon. So you're not even going inside, you're not even using the kosher section. So Rabbeir had a new chidish, a brand new idea that still it's ma'akid if you don't know all the kalim Big Chiddush from Amer. The Rabbanu disagree with that premise. They say no. Since you're doing avodas that are outside, therefore those kalim are not ma'akev. But in Achanam, if you're doing an avoda on the inside, then in fact it would be ma'akev.